0: Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Welcome
1: to episode thirty.
0: 30. (laughs) Why are you always one less? I even just told you it was 34. (laughs) Take two. Episode 34.
1: Welcome to episode 34. The Hartford series. I thought you
0: were going to say the series before as well. Just uh, totally mixing up. Um, It is. Um, This was from uh, last Saturday at Time of Recording and uh, last Sunday. This is the first time we've ever been to see a whole series. Like, um, when it's been a three-game. Like, we've seen it when it's been a one-game series, and we've seen a single game. But we've never seen a full three-game series. Um, It was the start of spring break. Uh, We wanted to see some baseball, Mm -hmm. and um, we We had some plans on the first weekend. We also wanted to see uh, WrestleMania as well. So it was like, hey, let's not travel back because we're going to miss the start of it. So we took a hotel. Stayed up in Baltimore, and it was easier to get to the second game. Now, my plan was on the early Saturday morning was to watch the Liverpool-Manchester City game, which started good. And by halftime, it was about 2-1, and then it was like 3-1. I was like, hey, let's go. And uh, every time we've driven by, we keep seeing that National Cryptologic Museum. Last year, it was closed, and I saw, I think I saw it, I said, hey, let me go check, see if it's open. It was open. Um, I looked at we could get there pretty much as soon as it was open. So um, we, we took a look, didn't know much about it. Uh, from the NSA website, the National Cryptological Museum is NSA gateway to the public and educates visitors about the role of cryptology in shaping history. The NCM collects, preserves, and showcases unique cryptologic artifacts and shares the stories of the people technology and methods that have defined cryptologic history now when i mentioned this right, you were really excited about it but then you said you had no idea what cryptologic was now i know sometimes you do know big words so i guess now you know what it is do you want to tell us what cryptology is
1: um it's the art of um secrets and decoding and stuff. Yeah, it's
0: coding and decoding. Um, also, it says the National Security Agency and the Central Security Service Cryptologic Memorial honors and remembers those who gave their lives. Serving in silence in the line of duty, it serves as an important reminder of the crucial role that cryptology played in keeping the United States secure, and of the courage of those individuals to carry out their mission at such a dear price. Um, and a wall dedicated in 1996, sorry, lists 178 names of Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, and civilian cryptologists who made the ultimate sacrifice. So, yeah, it talked about cryptology, but it was also a memorial to those people who'd lost their lives here in the cryptology service um, during wartime as well. Um, there were some really interesting things there. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you tell us about what you had to do at the museum? Because I didn't even know um, about this.
1: So they gave me a clipboard mm-hmm. and a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. To, So I can find different stuffs and decode messages.
0: Yeah, they gave you um, a spinner, a decoder, and you had to find clues that told you how to set the decoder. And then you could answer, like, different letters, because the letters didn't make sense in the answer. But you could decode them so it made sense mm-hmm. to the uh, the actual clues itself. Um, one of the things that I took down, um, I took some pictures, JJ, so I wrote this one down. Um, there was one that said the nuclear codes. It said, here they are. You were looking at arguably the most consequential artifacts in the museum. Maybe any museum. From the late 1980s until the late 2010s, so we're talking fairly recently, all of the codes in the US nuclear weapons and communications systems were produced on this equipment. Every. Single. One. kind of spells it out. Single. <laughs> each word was a sentence. Today, the United States has over 3,500 nuclear warheads that can be launched or delivered on short notice. During the Cold War, that number was in the tens of thousands. Protecting the US strategic arsenal is a complex system of nuclear command and control, uh, it ensures the survivability, safety, and security of U.S. nuclear weapons so that no weapon can be detonated accidentally or used without proper author- authorization. Now, often on museums like that, you can kind of play with the dials and things like that, but there was big signs all over a lot of the equipment in that room saying, do not touch. Um, there was multiple ones so you could not be under the illusion like, oh, I can actually play. Because I saw one, I was like, oh, you could pick up like the phone where the nuclear core comes through for you. To, and they were like, no. And I was like, oh, well, hold on a second. No, 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 you can't do that. So that was one of the things. Um, what things do you remember from the museum?
1: Um, I remember the how to send a secret message Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Um. How did that work? So you, so you turn the dials Mm -hmm. to a certain set of numbers. Mm -hmm. You write that down mm -hmm. and then you kind of like made a message. Uh You go to the other one, set it to the same number on the dial, and then get, and then, um, you pick. And then you press the numbers that showed up when you typed your message and then that'll show the message
0: yeah so it was like a, a regular old typewriter which i know you don't really know of because they're kind of old but you pressed the typewriter and then letters lit up which was the decode, which was the coded message and then when you went to the other machine and set the same code when you pressed that message it decoded it back to the original message so you could send what your name was and that was one of the questions that was on your little questionnaire and um, there was also invisible ink as well so you could write a message yeah. Put the agent on it, and then, like, five minutes later, and it would reappear. My only thing was, it was like a, a cocktail stick that you had to use. I kind of thought that you, as you pressed in, that would have left an indent anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you'd probably use a cocktail. I'm sure they just used cocktail sticks for this one because it was cheap to do. Um, I'm not sure if that was... I don't think that was the Enigma machine that you used, but I think it was something kind of similar to it. I think that was... Because we didn't realize the code changed every time you pressed a button on the keyboard as well.
1: Yeah, and so, you changed it. Yeah.
0: Well, I thought I thought it stayed that for the whole time. I didn't. That was just, like, the starting code. the code kind of advances by one each time you press a key so that kind of made it confusing it
1: went up to like 25 or something
0: yeah something like that um it was a really interesting museum we didn't actually have that long there uh, we I thought we would be done in under an hour and like an hour and a half I think we were still there and actually we saw at this point that because of weather remember when we got there it was pouring down with rain Yeah. And it was like hey you never believe the baseball game is gonna be starting in like an hour or whatever and um, they actually announced um, a slight delay 30 minute delay to let that weather system pass over Hanover so we actually had a little bit longer which was good because mm-hmm. um, you want to look around the gift shop of course and uh, where to finish off your treasure hunt because we couldn't find a couple of clues yeah. it took us a while we had to go back
1: I still have that paper
0: yeah Mason Jason saw it last night in the car because I, as we were going to... Oh, actually, sorry, this morning as we were going to disc golf. So, um yeah, he saw it and was asking. And he was like, that looks really cool. I was like, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, there was also a Hall of Fame. So I only took one... Uh, there was two pictures. There was like the male section and the female section. And the female section, the review was like, how on earth do you write just a paragraph about this one person? Basically, they were so amazing that <laughs> it was almost impossible. So I was like, well, I'm not going to take a picture of that if you're just going to say this person's really amazing. Uh, but I did take one picture from the male side. Uh, so Raymond Weir was in the Hall of Fame. So tell us about Raymond JJ.
1: Raymond Weir broke the color barrier in the Armed Forces Security Agency's security division. He was not only the first black polygrapher in the United States, but possibly the first black polygrapher in the world. When he retired in 1976, Mr. Weir was the chief of investigation division, but he was done yet. After his retirement, he became the first black president of the Mary, of the American Polygraph Association.
0: So I thought polygraphs were the ones that tell if you're telling the truth or not. So I don't yes. know if that's yeah, yes. okay. So I don't know if that was part of it. Um, I saw one other sign which I printed out for you, but it's a little small on yours. Um, there was a question, it's like, where is? So you might be thinking to yourself, hey, I remember learning in history class that the Zimmerman telegraph was one of the most important cryptologic success stories. It helped to bring the United States into World War One. Why isn't it featured here in the museum? And are there more stories I don't see. Hey, what gives? Now, I've never even heard of that. I know sometimes you know things because you mm-hmm. see them on... Have you heard of the Zimmerman Telegraph? No. Uh, sorry, is it Telegram? No, I am. Um, not It says, first of all, kudos for paying attention in history class. A plus for you. Wow, we didn't cover that. I, um, I think done. my problem was I stopped learning history in high school um, before um, the 1900s. I think that was the problem, so I wouldn't have known about that anyway. Um, but we digress. The reason you aren't seeing a large in-depth exhibit is because... Our mission is to tell American cryptological stories. While the breaking of the Zimmerman telegram was important for U.S. entry into World War One, the Americans didn't do the actual code breaking. That was the British. They broke the code and then gave us the information. Thus, the Zimmerman telegram is a British cryptological success, um, not an American one. So, um, yeah, that's why that one didn't feature. But it sounded like an important story, so I put it in there. Um, you, finished, you finished your... Um, like treasure hunt, so you got a prize, I believe, right?
1: I got a frisbee, a uh-huh. pen, uh-huh. and a pencil. Oh yeah, pencil, <laughs> and uh, I forgot.
0: Well, I think that was it. Which and you got to keep the original yeah. spinner dial yeah. thing as well. And um, also, we managed to
1: cool. Like it folds up and then goes into a pocket.
0: Mason saw that in the car <laughs> well today, so he was opening it up. Uh, we also, we also got you um, like a puzzle book. There was like a whole book section,
1: yeah, where it was, was like,
0: there. here, take these and leaflets. So we, there was a puzzle book. So I um, got
1: a Secret of the Revolutionary War
0: book. We did. I said pick that up because I think uh, I think Granny'll like that one when we see her in England this year. Um, I think she'll appreciate that one. And then it was good that we, did, like I said, that we did have a little bit of extra time. We uh, we stopped at Tarko bell for lunch Uh, we got to basically the game we were kind of rushing I think we got there just at 1230 but I don't think it's actually started at 1230 because I said we'll probably miss the anthem and I don't think we did in the end I think we made it I think they started a few minutes late well I guess we'll see that anyway all right let me tell you about Hartford then JJ so the University of Hartford was chartered through the joining of the Hartford Art School Hillier College and the Hart School in 1957 uh, prior to that, the University of Hartford did not exist as an independent entity. Um, the Hartford Art School, which commenced operation in 1877, was founded by a group of women in Hartford, Connecticut, including Harriet Beecher Stowe and Mark Twain's wife. Um, as the Hartford Society for Decorative Art, its original location was at the Wadsworth, uh, I think it said Athenium, I think that's the word, uh, the first public art museum in the United States, and it's still associated with the museum today. In fact, if you look at things to do in Hartford, um, the Wadsworth Athenium is one of the things that come up, and also Harriet Beecher Stowe, who I mentioned earlier, her house is uh, one of the things that's listed in that top 15. Why? I looked it up, I, I don't know, I thought Mason and I had been to Hartford, which is why I was trying to look it up. Don't I watch. thought, I am getting. I must be getting it mixed up, Mark Twain, I, I've, been to hartford but i don't think mason has um i was mixing it up with dr seuss
1: i've heard t- him i would hope so
0: um i've mi- i think i was mixing it up with dr seuss i think he's in that sort of area as well so anyway um the alumni some big alumni from this one jj mm. all right start because i even showed you one and you recognize that name straight away yes. so go ahead tell us about jeff bagwell
1: jeff bagwell graduated from xavier high school where he excelled at soccer Setting the school goal, scoring mark, play. He and he played shortstop, and lettered in basketball.
0: Alright, time out. First of all, I had no idea that he was a soccer player at all, and I that really surprised either. me. But not only did he play shortstop for baseball, he was also uh, lettered in basketball as well. So he's obviously just a, a great all-round uh, athlete. Alright, go ahead, keep going.
1: The head coach of Hartford offered Bagwell a scholarship um, in spite of... Baseball not being his primary sport, Bagwell ex- Bagwell's acceptance to Hartford baseball scholarship was based, at least in base, I mean, in part on, on the lack of professional soccer league in the United States at the time.
0: Yeah, MLS has not really been around as a major thing in for uh, certainly around that time anyway for sure.
1: At Hartford,
0: I think that's Denver I think that's his. I think that was his coach.
1: High switched Bagwell to third base. Over three seasons playing for Hartford, he batted 413, 400 at bats, a school record.
0: Yeah, that's pretty impressive. But you know that anything over three hundred is good. So batting over four hundred is phenomenal. Um, he also set a New England collegiate record, and he also was the school's career home run leader and run batters in leader uh, when he was eventually drafted. And um, I think you know he got drafted for the uh, Astros. Yeah, I think he was originally drafted by the Red Sox actually, but I thought he, he was Rangers. No, his career was with the uh with oh, yeah, definitely with the Astros. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot.
0: Um also a famous singer I recognize on the list. Um I always said Dion Warwick, uh, but in America I think you say Dion Warwick. I think I've heard people say. And perhaps you can say either either, but in England it was Warwick. Um she's the second most charted female vocalist between 1955 and 1999. She had 80 singles in total either solo or collaborative that made the Hot 100, R&B or Adult Contemporary charts, and she ranked number 74 on the Billboard Top 100's greatest artist of all time uh, During her career she sold more than 100 million records And she's won 6 Grammys So uh, yeah, big name certainly in music And then there's one more name I saw at the end And this player is still actually playing So go ahead, tell us about Sean Newcomb
1: Newcomb Attended Middleborough High School In Middleborough, Massachusetts As a senior he had A 0. 0.46 ERA hmm
0: that's impressive. That's insane. That, that is insane. Yeah, keep reading.
1: Um, with one hundred and ten strikeouts in fifty-eight innings.
0: So he nearly had two strikeouts every inning in his uh, senior year. That's pretty Actually, crazy. Actually, it's as one.
1: Well. It's nearly one.
0: No, it's not. That would be fifty-eight strikeouts I, I, in fifty-eight innings. He had 110 strikeouts in 58 innings. So he had nearly two strikeouts for every inning he pitched. So there's only three outs in an inning, and two of them were just down to him striking people out. The fielders on his team had nothing to do. And <laughs> they must have been like, we just relax <laughs> a little bit. And some of them probably weak ground balls as well that he might have fielded as well. But yeah, no, very impressive stats. All right, what else we got?
1: Um,
0: I think he's talking more about his career at Hartford. At the
1: University of Hartford as a freshman for the Hartford Hawks baseball team in- 2012, Newcomb started nine games before suffering a season-ending injury. His first college win was a no-hitter against Yale.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. So he's just had a phenomenal season as a (laughs) senior um, at his school. And his first game in college is a no-hitter?
1: Against Mm. Yale.
0: (laughs) That's pretty impressive. That's crazy. All right, keep going.
1: Newcomb started his junior season without allowing a run through his first 39.2 um, thirds innings. Uh-huh. It's insane.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's almost, so if you pitch nine innings, that's obviously a game. That's like four complete games, pretty much,
1: but, without yeah, giving up a run. He finished the year 8-2 with a 1.25 ERA, 106 strikeouts, and 93.1 innings.
0: Yeah, so it's not like he didn't pitch much either. Like, he's pitching a lot. You can see why people in high school struggled against him. He's mm-hmm. now moved up to the collegiate level and he's still got ridiculously low numbers. 1.25 ERA is crazy.
1: He was named the 2014 East America East Pitcher of the Year, becoming the first hot to win a major con- conference award.
0: Yeah. Um, he was drafted in the first round, not surprisingly. Uh, he went 15th he overall and he was selected by the Angels and he received $2.5 million is signing he still bonus. he uh, he's still playing, but not for them anymore. He's played for the Braves, the Cubs, and he's currently with the Giants. So next time I'm going to be looking at the Giants, I'm going to be looking out to see if I can see that name, Sean Newcomb. I, re- I kind of recognized him in the game, but I think I recognized him from the Braves. I think that was where it stood out for me. Um, also, another connection to Hartford and baseball: the Hartford Yard Goats are a minor league baseball team affiliated in Hartford, Connecticut. The Yard Goats, which played in the Eastern League, are the Double A affiliate of the Rockies. And the team was founded in 2016 when the New Britain Rockcats relocated to Hartford. Um, I have seen the New Britain Rock Cats. I remember going to see that game um, when I was coming back from my uh, 40th birthday, actually. It was when I we went up to Red Sox with Mason and then came back. I think we saw... Oh, the Pawtucket Red Sox, and I think we saw the new New Britain Rockcast, Um, and the Yards Goats' home stadium is Dunkin Park, named after Dunkin' Donuts. So I know you want to go to that stadium. I park. do. Um, they've only played twice before, JJ. So not a lot of history here. Uh, 1996 um, in Maryland, they lost uh, 10-5. It says in Hanover, Maryland, and then in 2005 they won 9-6 in Glen Burnie, Maryland. So I'm not sure where they played in Glen That's Burnie.
1: That's where the savage gentleman burners. <laughs> <saw it.
0: laughs> Hanover's obviously where the current stadium is. So I'm not. not sure for for Glenn Burnie, but we've seen also it listed as Baltimore before and it's still been Hanover, so not sure. Um, In terms of players, the top five players I could see for average on their roster from 2022, not one of them came back for 2023, so they've obviously lost a lot of players. I'm not sure if they're all seniors, it could just be they might not made the team on form this year, I don't know, but they're not there. Um, Last year they were 13 and 37, and um, the top five hitters this year uh, yeah, oh, that's where I just looked to see. Um, yeah, they've only actually had one win before this series started, JJ. They were 1-14 and going into this series, and that one game was against Georgetown, and it took them 12 innings to win. So, there's a, they're not coming in with a great run of form. Oh, I did want to look why they're called the Hawks as well, because I was like, okay, there's probably a reason. I know Hartford begins with an H as well, but um, the current version of Howie the Hawk, that's um, the mascot, the nickname originated in the late 1940s when the school competed as Hillier College. It is believed that the nickname stemmed from spectators having to climb four flights of stairs um, to watch from the Hawk's Nest to see basketball and wrestling events. So that's why they Ooh, think wrestling. that they became the Hawks, but. They they're not sure. So, let's find out. They haven't had a win in um, any regular season games in nine innings, JJ. So, how about game one then? Uh, Alex Couture versus Tyler Nickel. It did. It was a twelve thirty-seven start, so it was a little bit later than uh, uh, predicted. Um, tell us about the game.
1: Uh, we were there for
0: this one. I know you were fetching lots of foul balls, but yes. I got the uh, stats printed out
1: for you. All right. In the first inning, Hartford scored two. In uh-huh. fifth inning, Coppin got one. Yep. In the seventh, Hartford got one. Uh Final score was three to one.
0: It was, so uh, Hartford got the win. Um, I didn't know the records at this point in time, so this was their first winning uh, nine-inning game. Uh, they had seven hits. copied only had three. No errors from either team. Um, Tyler Nickel was opening for this one. Uh, attendance, JJ, what a guess surprise.
1: What, I, was go, I was about to say, guess what the attendance <laughs> is. Attendance is 100.
0: 100 again. Uh, time we again. counted.
1: It was not 100. It was closer to 60.
0: <laughs> I don't think any of the three games were exactly 100, but hey. Um, time is a quick game. It's only two hours, 19. It was a double header, so that was kind of a, a good thing. But they managed to get that in. And also, there was talk that there was going to be um, a thunderstorm later. So, it was like, are we even going to get both games in? So, it was kind of good that it was a shorter game. In fact, there was so little um, in terms of scoring for this game, JJ. I actually wrote down all the scores. So, you can actually tell us all the key plays for this one.
1: Um, Angel, Cologne, doubled to center field. Then RBI and Mike Dorsey scored. I remember that. Yeah,
0: that was the only thing for, that was the only I
1: remember Cotton. that.
0: And for Hartford, Noah Rivera singled up the middle in the first for an RBI. Yep. And uh, Derek Benzine fouled out to right field, but that was enough for a sack fly. And then in the seventh, JJ, I think it's Romacic, singled to right field. And um, that also got a run it in as well. But yeah, normally I'd ask you for like the top people. With yep. only three runs total, nobody had more than one hit. A lot of people were over on this game.
1: Yep. Yeah. Mike told me to touch the tip of his bat.
0: Oh, he did for look?
1: Yeah, and he got, onto, and he got a double.
0: Oh, I guess it would. Now, isn't this the game, this is the first game, isn't this when Mike gave you
1: something? Yeah. I think
0: this was the first. so what did you get from or Mike? Or the
1: second
0: I think it was, I don't think he, let me have a look, who was catching, it must have been the second game actually, because Mike was catching, oh actually no, I think Mike got pulled for this one.
1: Yeah. Um, and no... He
0: battered twice, but he also was on base twice, so I think it was towards the end of the game possibly. Or it might have been the start of the next one. I um, I don't remember. I don't remember. It was between one of them. But anyway, you can tell us what it is. What is, What do you um, get?
1: Might give me um like a knee and kind of like um thigh, is it a thigh pad? pad. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you got the little Velcro on, so you can put it on. You're trying yeah. to figure out because I think you can just unbuckle it and fasten it, but you just took your shoe off and. Kind of put it over your foot that way, but hey, you were working with it. Um, and then you've tried. You actually got a lot of foul balls. Um, I know Brian Nicholas didn't start this game because I know that. Because I, oh, I'll always ask you like, oh, who were you racing against? To drive? you got a lot of balls in that game. Yeah. No, although there wasn't many hits, there was a lot of foul balls. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of steps. So I know Brian was one of the people you were. The, uh, saw. I think Corey as well wasn't that one. Yeah. And um, he he only
1: got one. Yeah. That only
0: yeah. made him go. Big. You had a lot. You had a lot. were yes. some you ran out and they'd already got them before you got there. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's when
1: it was just, like, right outside the... The dugout uh-huh. and they just open the fence they can there, get out quicker and then,
0: yeah. yeah and there's some people often in the parking lot as well yeah. who are just outside um Hartford win um Alex Couture it was his first win of the season went seven innings uh, only one earned run and only one walk with eight strikeouts so he was um, he was very Mike had two walks and I don't think any of them were hit by pitchers either um, so I think he managed to get away with fine. it I have a feeling Angel got hit but I'm not sure um Tyler Nichol he was did. seven innings uh, only three earned runs Um, Seven strikeouts, so it's not like he didn't pitch well, but um, Hartford pitcher pitched really well for this one. Uh, Nico Felber came in for two innings at the end, uh, no earned runs, four strikeouts, and uh, on 26 pitches. Angel
1: didn't get walked
0: And um, I did write one thing at the end here as well, because I knew I would probably forget. Uh, Coppin threatened again in the ninth as McCullum and Dorsey and draw back-to-back walks with only one out. And after a pitching change, oh yeah, there we go. Angel was hit by a pitch, loading the bases with two outs. And then unfortunately, I think he was a double play. I think it might have been Brian Nicholas who hit the double play to, to end the game. So that was a little unfortunate and I actually think I wrote down some I had my phone with me so I think I wrote down a couple other comments let me have a look I think I put them at the end JJ oh I'd forgotten this one Um, in the third inning uh, Bruce uh, Hilton was actually starting at uh, third base Um, terrible strike call on him and I think you said that he kept the perfect game going on I think that's how good that picture and I was like well not anymore <laughs> I was like you jinxed it and uh, you did you jinxed it uh, but yeah terrible call nobody was happy with it no one in the audience and in the crowd was happy about it um, the seventh inning there was a really I unfortunate- heard somebody
1: yell I'm um, get glasses
0: yeah there was an unfortunate one where it looked like there was going to be a double play ball i think it was hit to um i think he was hit to josh and he looked like he could tag the runner on first as he was running to second and then I throw know. to first and he missed the tag but i think he did get the out at second he so did. that kind of prolonged that inning a little bit um which gave him a run and, um, yeah, the uh, base has loaded granite. So it was, they, I would say, they definitely had their chance. It was an exciting finish to that game. Um, but that's sometimes um, the way it goes. But, yeah, they were really struggling with some of those uh, warp things. Now, normally for the 30 minutes, we'll go to McDonald's, get a hot chocolate. Yeah. But this time, it was it was 3 o'clock. So I was like, hey, let's go let's go check in. So we checked into our hotel, got our key card, dropped stuff off, went straight back out.
1: You forgot your key card. I left
0: the key. As soon as we got out, I was like, oh, darn it. I left the key card in the room. That's fine. We, we got another one. We came back. Alright, so game two then, JJ. Um, Who is this one? Let's have a look. Um, Oh, I think I got the wrong one. Oh, that's because I just scrolled down, didn't I? Uh, Game two is uh, Robert Chaney versus uh, Marcos Harrod. Alright, tell us about the second game. Now, I think for this one, I should probably say we assume this was a nine-inning game. Now, I didn't actually know at this point that Hartford weren't part of the NES either, because somebody in the crowd asked me, "Is like, is this like semi-pro or something?" NEC, and I was like, NEC, sorry, and I was like, no, 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 I was like, it's a college game, and I pointed to the sign and shown him the well, organ, but I didn't realize Hartford. This is a non-conference game, so we know for conference games when you play double headers, it's nine and nine. So they must have agreed ahead of time because of the weather. Hey, look, we're just going to play seven on this one. Um, I thought when you play a double header, you played seven and seven, but. But anyway, yeah. they played nine for the first one. Uh, they'd obviously agreed ahead of time. It was seven. So go ahead. Tell us about this one. This one started at 335. All so right. there's like a 30-minute gap in between.
1: Um, All right. In the first inning, Coppin got two. In the second inning, Hartford got one and Coppin got two. All one lead. And in the sixth, Hartford got two. And the final score is 3-4 to Coppin. Coppin State.
0: Coppin State took the win. Um, and Hartford actually had more hits in this game. They had seven. Uh, Coppin, again, struggling to get the four. hits. And it was just four. Um, 100 again for the attendance. Uh, time, only an hour 43 because it was a shorter game. And Coppin obviously didn't have to bat in the bottom of the seventh because they did really well. And same thing. I put the uh, scores down because there wasn't many in this one. So do you want to tell us the Coppin State scores, how they got the runs? In the
1: first, Hamburg advanced to third on a wild pitch. And Bryce Thompson scored on a wild pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, and also in the first, Sarabia grounded out to second base sack, Bunt RBI Hamburg scored.
0: Yep, and then in the second as well, Brett Curran tripled to right field, two RBIs. Uh, Nicholas scored and Hankins scored for that one. And uh, Hartford's main runs were in the sixth when they tried to close it down. Harrison Eng homered to right center, and Ryan Knight doubled to left center. So, um, any particular? Who were the major? Well, I guess there was only four hits for this one, but I think there was some key stats. So, who had sort of standout performances for Coffin in this one?
1: Um, Bryce Thompson. He had two hits and.
0: He did. There's only four hits total, and he had half the hits for the team, yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Brett Curran had two RBIs. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and that, that was pretty much it. That, thankfully, that was all that the team actually needed for this one. And um, pitching, uh, Marcos went 5.2 innings, only gave up three earned runs uh, with eight strikeouts. And uh, Rashad Ruff came in for his second save of the season.
1: Uh, 1.1 innings. Yeah,
0: 1.1 innings, and... Um, I'm just looking, actually, no strikeouts. That's kind of unusual. I'm not so used to Rashad getting. He normally gets like a couple of strikeouts per inning, or it certainly seems like it.
1: Marcus Herron got eight.
0: He did, yeah. Awesome pitching. Uh, and only three walks as well. So he was. Control was good for this one. Robert Cheney uh, took the loss, his second of the season. Uh, Four earned runs in five innings. The problem pitcher was uh, Michael Featherstone. um He didn't record a single out, JJ. It says 0.0. Uh, two bases on balls. So I think this was one that I'm not sure that they capitalized on in the end. Uh, oh, actually, the sixth inning was that one, wasn't it? Where they got the cup- oh, I cop in Yeah, those four know.
1: earned runs. That was the other
0: one. So um- they
1: were all earned runs too.
0: They were for Robert. Unfortunately, they he was, they were the runners that probably got put on, and Michael kind of yeah, he just couldn't get an out. Unfortunately, Every he had runner's... eight pitches total, JJ, and he had two walks. So that tells you mm-hmm. he threw ball, 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 ball. And then his next batter, ball, 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 ball. So he got pulled pretty quickly and that's when they brought in uh, Jake Calella for this one. Uh, let me see what notes I took in the second one. Oh, Liam threw out a runner on an attempt to double. Yeah, I don't think they realized what an arm he had. Um, they tried to steal on him into the outfield, and uh, now he threw it in. And um, in the seventh inning, I noticed this, and I didn't tell you this because I think you were fetching a ball at the time. When we arrived, you were like, why are the lights on? And I was like, well, because it's kind of overcast today. It's a little dark. But in the seventh inning, I noticed it was dark. Um, but there was no lights anymore, so they used to switch the lights off at some point, so I don't know. Oh, in
1: between games. It must have been. It was sunny in between games. Yeah,
0: I I, I just didn't notice that they'd been switched off, and I guess at that point, if they knew in the seventh inning anyway that the game was about to finish because they're only playing seven, then obviously they weren't gonna, um, they weren't gonna switch it back on. Now, the part I'm interested in, because last week's episode, you told us that, oh, we could do a, I said, do you want to do a WrestleMania review? And you said, absolutely. And then we got to the hotel, I watched some of the NXT uh, Pay-Per-View first and then when WrestleMania came on you suddenly were just watching your Kindle. You had no interest at all um, I mentioned Logan Paul was on because I knew that was, you watched about half of a Logan Paul match So go ahead give us your WrestleMania review I, then um, <laughs> a date from night one um, I don't know how much you got to Logan tell us. Logan Paul's
1: entrance was good.
0: Why? What ah, did he
1: He came down on a zipline He did a Shawn Michaels. It
0: did look like Shawn Michaels entrance. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: The biggest upset was Cody didn't win.
0: That was night two. I know. That was night two. Oh, so that, oh, that's it. So there's nothing else yeah. from night one you remember. I thought you were at least mentioned that his buddy was in a prime bottle or something oh, like yeah. that.
1: Oh, yeah. He frog splashed KSI, who was in a prime bottle.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I think Seth took the win, right? yeah i, I think you didn't see the end because you what were you watching you watching i don't know what it's called it's like world tag or something
1: world chase tag
0: world chase tag you're watching that but you watching other things as well um i watched a little bit more and i didn't watch the main event because i was getting tired but i watched it
1: that a little was a bit british
0: more. team um, world chase tag oh it was oh okay uh, woke up in the morning went down for breakfast. We found uh, something that you like that's got cheese because you said the only <laughs> You said the only thing that you like with cheese in is pizza and uh, yeah Omelettes you didn't know you you thought it was just egg and they were massive omelettes as well And we got one on and you normally complain that you normally get stuff from the like the buffet And then you leave it and we're like oh my gosh, this is embarrassing And you said it's a big omelette. I was like yeah, it is a big omelette And then you're like can I get another I was like what and uh, I also yeah, had
1: you, a but, turkey patty turkey sausage Sa- patty yeah yeah um and uh toast and toast
0: and a fruit cup i think
1: a fruit cup yeah um orange juice <laughs> and a hot chocolate
0: you did pretty you were yeah, yeah you were juice. although i kept telling people i was like i had a lot of steps but you were running the whole time like you constantly ran to get foul balls and, um, I
1: have smaller steps, and I also ran after
0: them. You do. You have more steps because you do smaller steps. But, you were, yeah, you were running. Um, I think there was one. I'm trying to remember who it was. There was one player who I noticed was jogging for the ball. And I was like, ooh, this is going to raise your game a little bit. Because you, you always run out, and they walk out. And um, I think part of the time is they know that you're going to get the ball from them anyway. So, it's like, well, why should I run out? Well i will see if Jackson finds it first, which is fine. I know. Um, so, how do you spell omelette, then? That's what I want to know.
1: O-M-E-L-E. T T E.
0: Oh, you are going for the British spelling today?
1: Okay, all right.
0: Um, after we did that, or
1: if you're in America, it's O M E L T.
0: O M E L E T. Yeah, you just take off the last two letters if you go for that one. Now we originally was gonna, I was gonna try and watch NXT, and then we were gonna check out the hotel about eleven, get lunch, and then head over to the game. Uh, the game was one o'clock, but we were up so early, I was like, I want to go play some disc golf. So we went to Kinder Farm Park in uh, Millersville. It was really windy. Uh, You shot the same score as you shot last time. Um, It was windier? I think I shot two shots more. But considering how windy it was, I think we actually did better than we did. And also, some of the holes weren't there. That was an upset. (laughs) What was the upset?
1: They, um, They chopped down the... Um, elevated basket, and they, they t- and they chopped everything down into just sawdust. Yeah, they did. I don't know what the happened. The biggest there. disc golf upset. That in was history. the thing that
0: we remembered most about that course, and the, we don't play many courses with elevated baskets, so that was the thing we looked for. The about. only
1: other one that we actually know about <laughs> is Turkey Hill.
0: oh there's one in Pittsburgh that we played as well.
1: There's still four but
0: the, so in terms of see where, see where see we see. can play yeah the only one i can think of that we can get within an hour's drive is turkey hill yeah sure anyway so we did all of that but yeah some of the baskets were there's like five different basket placements at this course so there's a lot of variety there's a b
1: c b and e
0: yeah and there were some holes where i was aiming for a and then it was actually a e so there was look the, i think the course was longer than when we played last time as well so i think we did i think we did pretty well um, there was a lot more open on the farm this time than last time as well. Um, mainly probably, I guess, because it's spring break. So. Goats. Yeah, yeah.
1: Those goats, sheep, mm-hmm. pigs, chickens. Oh, sheep. And, and cows.
0: And there were some cows as well, yeah. There
1: was just one out.
0: It said originally it was a German family, which is not surprising with the name Kinder. Uh, but it said they originally had lots of turkeys on the farm, but mm-hmm. I didn't see a single turkey. Um, oh, yeah. I did the... write down a little reminder to myself. Do you remember na- any of the names of the hens?
1: Filet.
0: <laughs> there was filet, yeah. Mr.
1: Bacon or
0: something? Mr. Bacon was one,
1: yeah. Um,
0: I only wrote down two. Churro. Thankfully, you haven't said any of the ones I said churro. so far. Yeah, churro. Uh,
1: I, there was
0: wing... I want to say... Oh, there was buffalo as well, because I buffalo chicken. <laughs> I, I remember that one as well, but I have two others I wrote down. I don't know. There was Larry Bird. <laughs>
1: oh. And
0: there was, with me being Graham, there was Graham Cracker as well. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Which
0: is a... Yeah, they were pretty funny I names. I think so.
1: yeah, they should just... They should name him Larry Bird the Chicken. Uh huh. Larry Bird the Bird.
0: There was also a wrestling uh, connection to the tractors. They had a, a whole shed full of old tractors, about ten of them. I don't know if yeah. you recognise. I actually got a picture with you next to one of them.
1: The fastest one was one hundred and one horsepower.
0: Did you recognise the one I took? The, asked you to take the picture next to. No. It was Bella, like Nikki and Brie Bella. I was like, there's a wrestling connection there, so I'll take it. The Bellas. Uh, you didn't even <laughs> notice. You never heard of the Bellas from your reaction. I guess not. You don't know who Nikki Bella is. Probably you didn't watch it that time. No, you probably didn't watch it that time, actually. No, that was probably when Mason was watching. So, no, you probably don't know who the Bellas are. Um, So, we did that. Um, We took a look around for a couple of thrift stores. Managed to pick up a few things to take home. We
1: had a small basketball. Uh-huh. and uh, something that throws a ball up in the air. Yeah, I don't
0: really know how to describe it. It's like a, a mini net that's got hold. You hold two sticks and you kind of flick the net out and it flings like the ball up in the air. Like you pull them there. out. Yeah.
1: I think I know why it launches it up. It's because no, it's dropped down. Yeah. Um, and then it forces it yeah. and it goes up. So it launches the, net. the ball up.
0: Yeah, it does. And it was uh, one of my favorite signs that I saw that I took a picture of. It's like, any child <laughs> that's left unattended will be used as any a crab bait. Any unattended
1: child will any unattended children will be used as crappy
0: which i thought was funny um so to actually I, I actually posted that on um, the maryland is a cult facebook page and uh yeah there's a lot of people who thought that was funny and actually the guy who runs the store mentioned it he said it was something that was donated but he thought it was funny enough that he left it near the front of the store and i totally agree um we got um uh, we grabbed lunch and then we headed there a little before for this one i think we got there probably about twelve forty for a one o'clock mm-hmm. start uh, I think we even did a lap of the stadium, I think, before the game had even started for this one, if I remember correctly. I think when we got there, there was only three, four people in the crowd. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause I said, there's not gonna be 100. Well, I was wrong. The attendance was 100 again, apparently. <laughs> All right, <laughs> well, that's what it says on the stats. Now also, as I was putting this together, just so people know, JJ, normally what I do is I pull up the box score, And then I kind of take little screenshots. Like I always take a screenshot of the main score for the innings. I take a screenshot of the uh the player statistics, and then I do one for the pitcher statistics. As I was putting this together, and I didn't notice until the third one, there's an option to print PDF. You can literally get a PDF that has the main stats on. Normally I'm just doing it to save printer paper. Like because if I printed out the regular thing, it would go off the web page, it would go over like a few pages. So but so going forward, I think it'd be easier for me to put stats together for this one. Uh, This was Jordan Hamburg uh, versus Edwin Almanzar Jr. Uh, go ahead. Tell us about this one.
1: The third inning, Copping got six. Hartford got one. Mm-hmm. The fifth, Hartford got one. In the sixth coppin got four in the eighth. They both got one, and the final score was eleven to three.
0: It was there was a lot more hits in this one. Uh, coppin had ten hits. Hartford had eight. So coppin just um, managed to put their runs uh, hits together at good times, whereas Hartford did not. Uh, one error from both um, both teams. Fifty degree temperatures for this one, but it was cold. I remember grabbing my coat for this one because you were like, "It's warm." I'm like, "You're running around. <laughs> you were getting the ball." So um, yeah, you had no problems uh, doing that at all. Um, and he made 10 hits, any uh, stats, particular stats for any particular piece? Jordan
1: Hammer got one hit, two uh-huh. runs, and three RBIs. Three RBIs, he hit a, yep. He had
0: a three-run
1: home it run. It was
0: a three-run home run because you went to get the ball... Uh-huh. And you got a prize for getting the home run for this one. Uh,
1: yeah, I got oh, a, yeah, I got a 39 pack of scissors.
0: <laughs> you did. You did. And I made sure I told the guy who, because he, he came up with it, he was like, I got this for your son. He's like, Is he going for the ball? I was like, Yeah, he's going for it. And he's like, I got this for him. I was like, Oh my god, that's a lot of candy. And um, I took him, and I made sure I said to you that I said, It's not a single serving. I, I posted know. a picture to mommy and sent it, and she's like, Because he finished it already. <laughs> so your reputation no. for eating candy precedes you. <laughs> um, but you actually get. The, you didn't have the ball to give him, but you gave the ball to Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure Kevin would have understood that it was the home run ball, because that's what they do. They watch the ball go, and it's like, all right, your turn, go. So they would have realized what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely helping his own cause on the mound with um, with those figures. Any other ones that stood out to
1: you? Um, Angel got three hits. He did,
0: yeah. Yep, Yeah. eighth in the lineup. That's pretty good.
1: Nathan Burdett um, had... Two walks.
0: He did. He had two walks. And so walks. did Liam. And so did Liam. Now, Nathan, we hadn't seen him back before. And uh, we weren't sure if it... According to the live stats, they, like it tells you the player's average, but for... Uh, for um uh, for Nathan, it didn't say anything, so I thought this was his first at-bats for the team, but I was wrong, he'd had another performance, but he didn't get any hits, so until you, I, I, th- I thought if you didn't get any hits, your average was zero, but I don't know, there was a problem, so when he walked, you actually thought he had an on-base percentage of a thousand, and you were hoping he was going to retire, and then he got a second, he got a second <laughs> walk, I actually posted that we thought it were at a thousand, I mentioned that you thought he should retire, and then I looked back and I was like, oh no no, no this is like his fifth at-bat, so it wasn't, this wasn't his first game, but for some Reason it wasn't updating properly. Um, even got an RBI in there as well. He nice. had a hit to go with those two walks as well. So um, yeah, Nathan Bedette did a great job at. Was it first base? Yeah, it was first base. So Cassian yes. got a rest on this one, and um, yeah, some. Um, oh, Sam Nieves came in and pinch hit also for Mike Dorsian. Uh, Mike had a couple of RBIs in this game too. Uh, Brody had a couple of RBIs as well. So there was a lot of people contributing to the team on this one. Oh, I thought you were pointing at something. I'm um,
1: counting the innings pitched.
0: Um, um, It'll be nine. <laughs> It'll be nine and eight, because they didn't have to bat again. Um, so Jordan Hamburg's line was uh, five innings, ten strikeouts. Wow. Uh, only two earned runs, so he was getting two strikeouts per inning. Hartford
1: uh, used six pitchers. No, he
0: did. Uh, Nico came in for one inning, um, two strikeouts. Uh, Clay Thompson came in for an inning, uh, two strikeouts. And then one Pablo Hernandez came in to close it out uh, for two innings, actually. Uh, just two hits and uh, one strikeout in that time. So, and then um, anything from the Hartford pitchers that caught
1: your eye? Um, Probably
0: the opener. Oof. <laughs> Six earned runs.
1: Six earned
0: runs. Six in, runs and five hits. Yeah, in 2.1. He's 0-5 for the season. So, I feel kind of tough that you're coming up. You're the third pitcher, probably, for that team. And you're coming up against somebody like Jordan Hamburg, who was a finalist uh, for the John Olerud two-way player last year. That's kind of tough. That's a pretty and he good, still bats, too. Uh, that's, yeah, and then he's batting against you as well and uh, getting enough runs. just to, So, yeah, kind of tough on this he's, one.
1: He's the home run hitter, too. Now, I
0: wrote this one down because you actually told me this one. You said in the third inning. So, the Saturday was a April 1st. Uh, the Sunday was obviously therefore April 2nd. April 1st! You said that somebody played a, an April Fools joke on Coach.
1: Um, Yeah, they said Coach is and time but it wasn't.
0: <laughs> did he look down? Yes. <laughs> so he actually did fall for it. Yes. Um, there was also some controversy in this one as well. Uh, somebody hit what um, was we thought it was... The, the fielder was kind of waving in the outfield like no, no, no. And everyone's running around trying to score. He was claiming it was a ground rule yeah, double. Yeah, it bounced.
1: Hit the light on the outside and then bounce back in.
0: Yeah, so I'd miss that part. But obviously you wouldn't stop for no reason. Anyway, they reviewed the play and they said it was a ground rule double. Except um, all
1: the runs scored were scored.
0: Um, I think they probably were, but yes. they just sent Mike three. back to second.
1: Yeah, it was three runs scored. No, it wasn't. Okay. Yes? It
0: wasn't bases loaded. It was yes, not bases loaded at that time. No way.
1: Yeah, it is. Um,
0: I also felt kind of sorry for Mike... hit it? For Mike... I don't remember. I felt sorry for Mike Dorsey on one of his... He had a huge hit to left field. I think it was unfortunately, the wind was uh, coming in from that left side again. Kind of like Josh Hankins in one of the mm-hmm. earlier games. Um, and he just kind of spiraled up and uh, catch him. A uh, uh, the field and managed to get it in the outfield. And um, a bad moment for this one, though. In the fifth inning, there was a high pop-up. There was three players around it. Um, I think it was the ca- I think it was the pitcher, I want to say third baseman. And I'm not sure if shortstop came across or if the left fielder came in, and nobody called it. Nobody and they just decided to get it. Again. Yeah, well, you got to call in situations like that. And obviously, there was a lack of communication. And the one I didn't write down on this as well, there was a hit to the outfield, and it looked like an easy out, but then he dropped it because he couldn't find it in the sun. Everyone was kind of laughing. But then the same thing happened to Coppin later on. Yeah. Because I said look at the shadow. I said look at the shadow. You can see this is directly in line with (laughs) where they are. Yeah. Now the thing that surprised me though with the outfield situation is, um, a lot of baseball players have a way of getting around when there's uh, sun. So, any ideas of how you could deal with if there's sun? Uh,
1: Block it with your other hand.
0: You could do that. Or how about sunglasses? I know. Or a hat. Or, well, the hat is... As soon as you look up, though, the hat's not going to cover it again, because you got to look up for the ball. But I'm kind of surprised that no one seems to wear... I haven't already seen that that happened. Nobody was wearing sunglasses, so... I, know I don't Joe, know.
1: The only person who I actually see with sunglasses is Josh Hankins, but he wears them um upside down and facing backwards. Well, that's
0: if he needs them. But he has them there, then, if he needs them. Oh. So, um yeah, I don't know what the deal with that is, but um I would think going forwards, if you know that that's a problem... I oh, don't you, were, you you were. but I could see why it would be a problem. Alright, and after this one, um, we I say we just went home for this one. We, it, this was the end of the series, it finished, I don't think, how long was it came for this one? I don't think it was too long. Uh, oh, 2 hours 44, because they didn't have to bat in the bottom of the uh, ninth, of course. Um, drove home, uh, watched WrestleMania night 2, and um, you already gave us your highlights for that, not that you saw it, but... Um, yeah, I wasn't happy that Roman Reigns won again. It was just the same thing, same as always... Um, Solo Sequoia interfered, just like which happened with Drew McIntyre. Um, I knew he wasn't going to win now, since I knew Uso was lost to Sami oh, yeah. Zayn and
1: no, the Kevin interfered. Owens. Um, Kevin Owens and Timmy Zane came and to even it out.
0: They did, but I was like, there's no way the Usos and Roman Reigns both lose on the same night. But I didn't think Roman was losing anyway, because he's not a 1,000 days yet. Yeah. Like, he's not, he's not building it to 945 or whatever it I'm is, and he, then taking it away from him. I'm he thinking get 1, he's 1, going
1: to lose at SummerSlam.
0: The part that you didn't see last night, though, on Raw, was um, Cody asked for a rematch, yeah, and he uh, Paul Heyman said no. Uh, he's like, well, we can have a tag match, but if you lose, that person will not be able to face Roman Reigns again, Cody so anyway, has- the person that came out was Brock Lesnar, and then in the main event, Brock Lesnar just turned straight on Cody, There wasn't even a match,
1: yeah, so. he um, he got injured,
0: Oh, uh, so that's probably I why, he, so I, he might be out for a he while he injured then.
1: his neck, in and I. And he was limping
0: off. Oh, uh, okay. So that might. So, well, uh, we don't know if that's kayfabe or not. But if he's got to be written out of the story for a while, I guess that makes sense that you would do it that way. Because otherwise, everyone's. Nobody. I don't know many people are happy that Cody kind of lost. Or they're hoping that, all right, that's finally lost, but you know, you're gonna, you know he's going to win eventually, right? So if he's injured, then he might not be able to win in I think the short term. He might not be back by then. We don't know. So, and they might even have to build this up to WrestleMania 40 now. Uh, if he's going to be out for several months again, because that's what happened last time. So, um, I, I don't know know i don't know um this has been recorded on tuesday uh we are heading to navy for wednesday jj and we are going to be at tomorrow? maryland eastern shore Which on thursday the, possibly friday as well of the know. day
1: of recording that's tomorrow
0: and it, wednesday. that's why i said record on tuesday <laughs> so we're going to be there for at least the next two games possibly the next three um outro i think
1: um, oh, yeah, and Coach said that he had something for me.
0: Oh, he did, yeah, next time. Well, I don't know if he'll take it on the trip because he might not know that you're going to be on the trip. But um, So, obviously, this weekend coming up, then, the Saturday game is at Maryland Eastern Shore. Yes. The following week, it is in back in Hanover, but we're going to start getting... I just saw there was an email came up from your coach. We don't know when your games are right now. We This might be the last time we're going to see games for a while. Because um, if I'm going to your game on Saturday, I'm definitely going to need Sunday to get my schoolwork done at times. So I don't know. I don't know when we're going to see games. But um, there is a game the following weekend in Hanover. So all right, take it away. <laughs>